Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 4, Episode 37, I think. Uh, Andy Cowan, Taylor Marshall, and I look at INCC stats, future projections, and do a too soon podcast on 2023 preseason and a way too soon podcast on the 2024 season. Uh, let's hit it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Besides, the stainless steel construction made the flux dispersal. Look out! All right. INCC Stats has updated. We're going to try another three-person weave. The two people that I know besides myself that love INCC Stats the most, Colin Altavote, I'm here with Taylor Marshall and Andy Cowan over uh, winter break. Uh, so let's just let's get right into it. We got 40 minutes, more or less. Uh, INCC Stats is updated for preseason 2023 and 2024. 2024 would be two years from now, so it's all juniors and seniors, the kids that are now freshmen and sophomores. They will update for good track performances, so that can help you. That can help someone, but not hurt them. So this is the this is the floor of what teams will be moving forward, and then some teams will be better when you know, say Kyle Grove runs 908 in track. Out of boy, Kyle Grove. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's at least what I'm uh, I'm hoping for. Uh, next year, there's going to be realignment. So these percentages, um, now it doesn't affect the teams at the top necessarily because those teams are, are going to make the state meet. These percentages are based on 10,000 simulations of that tournament from last year. And only the top seven from their teams are included. So, for instance, a really deep team might have a greater chance to win um, that a team that's not as deep but has the same team rating, but you don't get a bump for having good at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. All right, you ready? Hit it. So 2023 is a boy's first year. We'll go through the top five and then the rest of the top 10 and give all the stats for the top five. So for 2023, Carmel, number one, Shout out. This is for the boys. 112 team rating. For comparison, Carmel's team rating this year was 70. 46.6% chance to win. 92.9% chance to finish on the podium, to finish at the top five at the state meet. Number two, Noblesville. 124 team rating. 28.4% chance to win the state championship. 85.5% chance to finish in the top five. Number three, Zionsville. 161 team rating. 11.8% chance to win the state championship, 71.1% chance to finish in the top five. Then there's kind of a gap. So Carmel and Noblesville really close, Zionsville a bit of a gap, and then a much farther back here to number four, Franklin Central, 223 team rating, 3% chance to win, 38.3% chance to finish on the podium. And then fifth, Fishers, 224 team rating, 2.8% chance to win, 35.2% chance to finish on the podium. The rest of the top 10, Floyd Central, Northridge, Brownsburg, Bloomington North, and Valpo. Taylor, of all those things, what sticks out to you? What's one thing you want to talk about? Uh, well, I mean, it's the usual suspects that we've talked about quite a bit on the top of the boys' side. Um, 
in terms of team rating, that's a fairly close uh, margin between Carmel and Noblesville, 112 to 124, and then a bit of a gap back to the field. But the term in terms of percentage to win, very comfortable for the Carmel boys over Noblesville. But again, a lot's to happen. Um, and then anyway, I'll save my my other point to the uh, team outside the top five. So Andy, what do you got? Uh, I want to talk about why why we uh, look at this and what it means. Um, so first off, why we look at it? Well, one, because it's fun uh, just to look at. It's a ways off, but uh, it's in some ways, I think it's more accurate than a lot of people think. Um, always st stuff is going to change and there's new classes and people coming in and sometimes runners transfer or move in as well. But um, on both sides, actually, boys side, 15 of the of the last 20 top 10 teams in the last two years. So eight in one year, seven in another have been, I guess, correctly predicted. And on the girl side, I thought this was interesting. Nine of the last 10 podium teams. So over the last two years, all but one has been, I guess, accurately predicted by the preseason um, rating. So surprisingly accurate, even without runners who are coming in. Um, what stood out to me, I think the most was um on the boys side we had three i guess hamilton county teams and then a lot of teams that have performed uh well a lot of the usual suspects i guess um from this year and just seeing how close it looked between carmel and noblesville uh as sort of almost co-favorites yeah so my my one thought that i put down um, and then we'll kind of get your team from outside the top five to watch. Again, top five, Carmel, Noblesville, Zionsville, Franklin Central, and Fishers in that order was how close, and I don't think anybody's listened to this podcast for the first time over, although I don't know if we all get snowed into our house, maybe people get desperate. Um, I am the boys coach at Carmel. Taylor is the girls coach at Carmel, and Andy is the is the girls coach at, at Garen, but also coaches the boys there as well. So um Carmel and Noblesville, really, really close at each position. Carmel first, 14th, 22nd, 51st, and 66th. So Carmel's number one runner first, Noblesville's number one runner ninth. A bit of a gap there, but those boys did finish eight seconds apart from each other at the Laverne uh, Twilight Meet. Carmel's second runner, 14th, Noblesville's second runner, 19th. Carmel's third runner, 22nd, Noblesville's second runner, or third runner, 25th. Carmel's fourth runner, 51st, Noblesville's 55th. Carmel's fifth runner, 66th, Noblesville's 61st. So none of them are separated by more than five spots, and none are separated by more than like five or so projected seconds. That's really, really close. Nothing at the state meet. That's nothing. Right. Um, that, you know, that's that's knowing how to run a couple of the tangents better or taking a weird turn or, you know, a bad couple seconds. Um so, and then we talked about, well, then why, how could they be that close and one team be almost twice as likely to win? And the answer is teams have more depth and the percentage chances to win doesn't factor in a strong eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. And if you have that, you're more likely to win because you're just, if, if the kid that was in your projected top seven doesn't have as good of a season, he's just not going to run in the state meet and he can be more easily replaced by a good eighth, ninth or 10th runner. Um, so for teams like that, and I got into the stats of that a little bit, they're maybe even a little more likely to win than the, than the 
projected um or maybe that's just what i think because it's you know it's the team that i coach uh taylor what's one team from outside the top five outside of carmel noblesville zionsville fc or fishers okay the team that i selected uh 10th in the preseason rankings as of now valparaiso right valpo um, has some young boys some sophomores currently who will be juniors next year uh, who ran very well for them this year i think they hit a a rough patch uh, mid mid to late season. They missed some time late season. A couple of their, uh, those sophomore boys did not race beyond their conference meet, which was the first Saturday in October. Um, but I think Valpo was a great team to watch. And they're from an area that like, let's face it, it's not that competitive, even given some changes that will occur next year. So they have a really good opportunity to focus in on that state meet and run really well. Um, and often, you know, we see a, a good jump from sophomore to junior year on the boys' side. And I think that it could happen again for uh, for Valpo. So that's my team to watch outside of the top five. And from, from what we've seen, and this seems pretty reliable, we don't think that the region is necessarily going to be all that impacted. It's more the lower kind of West Lafayette New Prairie teams that may not be in that New Prairie regional. Correct. Um. Andy, what's one team outside of your outside of the top five, outside of Carmel, Carmel, Noblesville, Zionsville, FC, or Fishers? Uh, the team that I chose is number eight, Brownsburg. Uh, they're a team that, you know, maybe wasn't talked about a lot this year, and I think they had a lot of guys improve quite a bit. Um, and I was, you know, saw them in the top ten, kind of stood out in it made me think back to a few years ago when they had a boys team that finished fifth uh, and nab finished up on the podium. Uh, so I think they're a team to watch and uh, wonder if they can try and repeat that uh, season they had a few years back where they finished up on the podium. So I think Brownsburg has only ever made the state meet once and they were fifth when they made it. Brownsburg to me is maybe the number one school in the state because they're very competitive. They're, they've been, since that year where they were fifth at the state meet, they've consistently been one of the 15 or 20 best teams at the state in the, in the whole state, but they haven't made the state meet. And they've been competitive at that semi-state and just on the outside quite a few times that with this restructuring, they could be a team that they could be like Fishers or Zionsville, like a team that makes it consistently every year if they got the right, if they get the right path. And then if you get that right path and you're making it every year, that kind of grows your program a little bit more. Um, and we'll, we'll see how it, how it shakes out. But, but based on geography, I would guess that they, they may get away from some of those Northern or Eastern Indianapolis teams and be in a better, if we're doing five regionals, they may be in a, in a much better path to make it through the, to the state meet and they're a team that had i think three individuals qualify in 2020 uh on the boys side so yeah which has got to be i mean that's got to be a, the record right like there may be some other teams that also had three but i'm sure that tied it no one's ever had four individuals make it to the state meet right so that, could so that just... just shows being in that in that shelbyville semi-state has been tough so andy you do a lot of these you're like me you've kind of looked through you've done even more than i have you have a, a better math background than i do and did some kind of reverse engineering and figured this out do you want to go over like the um, how sometimes that the we think that the algorithm maybe uh overestimates what a really good freshman's going to do in his sophomore year 
Yeah. So the the way that the at least this preseason um, rating kind of works is they look histor historically how much each grade level improves on the boys and girls side uh, from ninth to tenth grade, tenth to eleventh, et cetera. And um, the most improvement on both both genders is ninth to tenth grade, and then tenth to eleventh, and then eleventh to twelfth. And they basically take that percentage improvement, that average percentage improvement, and then apply that across the board to whatever a runner's previous rating was. So um, what it what it could do potentially is you might have a really good freshman boy um, and he's going to have a, you know, 3.3% improvement, um, which may not be as much time-wise as someone running with a 20-minute rating, but regardless, um, may not have that quite as, as significant of an improvement, um, from freshman to sophomore year. A lot of times you do see them improving, but maybe they're, it's somebody who finished 20th and then all of a sudden they're listed as finishing fourth in the state meet. They might not have that same kind of jump. Um, it usually, if you have a really good freshman, I feel like they're training at a pretty high level, at least for a freshman when they come in, whereas an average freshman boy, maybe he's only, he's not really running on the weekends, maybe that much when you're not practicing or over breaks or things like that. And then maybe eventually gets a little bit more, uh, into it, but yeah. So like every year, it feels like as they project forward at the end of the year, whatever the current freshman class is. Because you can actually find this on the INCC stats site. The the current class for the boys, and maybe it's the same way for the girls, but I just I, I don't selfishly I don't look at that as much because I don't I don't coach the girls. So um, that's always projected to be the best class. And so right now, the the best freshman from this year in the state is projected to be the best runner of all time in his junior year as you project forward, as you go to the, to the way too early one that we may get into if we have time. So that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid. I'll, I'll put it this way. Cole Matisson was projected to be by far the best runner in the history of Indiana cross country. And I would say it's pretty hard for anybody to argue. And you can't really argue with me on this. You couldn't really have asked for much better progression or a much better career than he had, right? And he wasn't that close to living up to the algorithm that it just it, it it's just not recreatable that the best kid can have the same percentage improvement across across the board. Right. Yeah. A lot uh, a lot of times I think you have a huge improvement if you start the year, maybe you start running year round or kind of when you really get right, into it. Right. Yeah, but if you were 11th at the state meet or 23rd or that's just that's not that's not feasible that you're going to do that 3.3% jump and then the 1.8 and the 1 1.5 or, or whatever it is. Um, counting stats. All right. The top three, Carmel, Noblesville, Zionsville, each of those teams has three in the top 25. I have labeled just, yeah, I got to have a cutoff somewhere. I've labeled the top 150 individuals as being very competitive. Basically, if you score a kid in the, if one of your scores is one of the 150 best kids in the state, you you can probably stick around and maybe be a contender depending on the year. 
that that's that's not going to kill you. If you get all seven in the top 150, that's pretty good. Okay, here's counting teams with uh, at least five in the top 50. Bloomington North has five. Zionsville has five. Franklin Central has six. Noblesville has six. And Carmel, shout out, has nine. Does that mean anything? I mean, those are the, those are five of the top ten teams. Just speaks to the the depth of these programs that you know have always appeared at the top of the podium, right? So, not a huge shocker that uh, a big team that's had a lot of success has that much depth, um, you know, which helps year after year. All time projections. This this means nothing. This means nothing because they're going to have an entire season and the, the actual results of the season are going to be what factor into how we rank these teams statistically. Carmel, uh, based on right now, projects as the 13th best team all time. It would be the fourth best Carmel team, slightly ahead of 2017. Noblesville projects as the 23rd best team of all time and the best Noblesville team ever. And then Tony and Cameron Todd, Tony Provenzano from Carmel and Cameron Todd are tied for the top spot individually, and they would be tied for seventh all time with Mike Fout. You know, the, on that last point, though, I, I don't think that's all that unrealistic by the end of the season that we could put, whether it was Provenzano or Todd, in the same category as Mike Fout. I mean, but both have run very well, you know, well, especially Todd at a national level like Fout and one more year. Could could it be possible they're contending to win uh footlocker slash champ slash whatever new sponsor comes in next year? I mean, uh, Todd is the number one returner, right? Is the number one returner, and, and he and Tony were kind of back and forth all season. So it did, that that part seems fairly reasonable to me. I mean, I, I understand the team aspect that it'll play out throughout the year. And, and honestly, these things, like you said, they don't mean anything, but it's fun to talk about. But I, I, to that last point, I, okay, I buy that, you know, and one year we sit back down here and talk. I think that could be a very realistic outcome. What do you think, Andy? Yeah. I'm just looking at some of the names in the, on the boys side in the top 10 and I'm like, oh, wow, the, the, these guys are really good and they're only going to get better. So some of those top names, um, like I saw, you know, Will Conway sixth. I mean, he, obviously he was injured for part part of this, he could, this year. He could unavailable, win. But he could win next he's, year. He's a great runner, yeah, and he could compete well at 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 the national level. So there's some high level individuals on the boys. Well, and with with Fout, you know, Fout's crowning achievement obviously was that he was the Foot Locker national champion, and he had a speed rating of 209 which I, I think that's the best one potentially since he did it. Um, maybe there's maybe the Lucas for Bickus year um, or who was the other guy that Footsome ran against? Edward, Ed Jezerek. Edward Jezerek. Maybe one of those two guys, but I mean, Mike felt destroyed a field of like the best guys ever. Um, now that's not factored into his INCC stats rating because that is just the races that happened within Indiana. And also when you get into all time talk, and it's tough to do that in the moment. Obviously, when they're in high school, they kind of need to be a little more removed. Like how much is how much is peak versus longevity? And you know, Fouts' best speed ratings, Fouts' peak might have been a little bit higher than Footsome, 
but I don't think anybody in the know would say that Mike Fout had a better high school career or would be ranked higher all time than Footson because Footson won three times, should have won four, but his you know shoe came untied and he didn't know what to do. He won four times in the 3,200. But Tony and, and Cam Todd are kind of similar to Mike Fout in that you know they have potential as we're looking at it um, to have a, a pretty high peak, but they're also going to be limited because – you know, Todd got hurt one year um, and and then, you know, Tony I didn't, you know, didn't live in Indiana for the first two years that he was in high school. So I think that's an, that's an interesting comparison that doesn't mean anything once I'm done with this sentence and we move on to the girls. Which we're ready to do? Let's do it. Okay. Girls, it's a, it's a boys first year next year. So we're going to do the boys first, which we just did. Now we're doing the girls. Girls, uh, well... If you liked the results of this year's state meet, you're going to like the results of this fake state meet. Uh, number one, Noblesville, 119 team rating, 68.0% chance to win, 97.4% chance to finish on the podium, and that's to me, feels a little low. Number two, Fort Wayne Homestead, 182 team rating, 6% chance to win the state championship, 57.7% chance to finish in the top five. Number three, Carmel, shout out. 189 team rating, 10.5% chance to win the state championship, 68.2% chance to finish on the podium. That would be the aforementioned depth. On this thing, Nobles or Homestead's got five girls. Carmel's got more depth. And so with the 10,000 simulations, Carmel, even though their top five isn't as good when you add it up, nearly twice as likely to win as Homestead. Number four, Hamilton Southeastern, 198 team rating, 3.6% chance to win, 49.7% chance to finish in the top five. And number five, North Central out of Indianapolis, 209 team rating, 3.8% chance to win uh, the state championship, 46.7% chance to finish on the podium. And the rest of the top 10, Concordia, Carroll, Franklin Central, Zionsville, Bloomington South. Taylor, what do you think? Well, I mean, similar to what we, again, saw this past fall here. I mean, it's uh, it's really tight, probably two through six. I think that's probably pretty fair to say right now. Clearly, there's one team well out front and could improve even on that projection. Um, but, you know, a very close race. Um, and then, you know, things might open up a little bit after sixth place as of now. But we don't, again, know, uh, you know, in terms of who's on the team, freshmen coming in, kids who – uh, played soccer and run track and decide to to run cross country as sophomores. So um, schools, switch schools, we'll get right. into move from Minneapolis. You never know. Hey man, it's a lot colder up there. Well, I check local listings, but uh, this week it's going to be tough to beat us. Actually. So I did, I did text his mom and I was like, Hey, here's what I suggested to him over break, you know, considering he's never had an off season. She was like, yep, that sounds great. We'll do the best we can. She was like, by the way, we're in Minneapolis, and uh, I'm not sure he's going to be able to get outside and run for the next couple of days. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, Andy, what do you think? Girl side team-wise? Yep. Noblesville, Homestead, Carmel, HSE, North Central. That looks pretty familiar. Yeah, uh, very familiar. Looking at uh, HSE, especially after – 
having a great end of their season two years ago at the state meet getting fourth. And then last year, kind of a tough end of the season. Um, and with yeah, kind of flipped, potential right? impactful runners joining their team, um, yep. I think they could be really, really strong this year. So that's a good segue into kind of what I want to talk about. Girls teams are more likely to have a freshman come in and make a difference. That isn't to say that a freshman can't come in and make a difference on a boys team. Cole Matisson, Cameron Todd, Ezra Burrell. Um, trying to think, I guess this year there, there weren't as many. Uh, Noblesville could be a heavy favorite, but the race, especially after Noblesville, is could be impacted by incoming freshmen. Maybe because it may all turn out to be a wash. HSC is getting a top freshman, like you said. She was probably the best girl or around the best girl in Hamilton County. Carmel had the county champion um, in cross country in three of the top five uh, at the Hamilton County meet go to Carmel Middle School feeders. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're definitely going to go to Carmel um, because just like there are, you know, Cole Hawker went to uh, a Lawrence Township School and went to Cathedral. Uh, two of the All-Staters, two, two guys from Burbuff that went and finished in the top five of the state meet went to Carmel uh, feeders in middle school. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to end there in high school. Um, but Carmel, two of the top, three of the top five at the Hamilton County meet, including the champion. Homestead's getting another good freshman. I think that'll help. Um, and actually, Noblesville is unlikely to get a top freshman. Uh, they they seem they just can't catch a break there. Uh, yeah. I say that as a joke because they've obviously got some really good, really good middle school uh, runners over the last several years. And, and it seems like they're batting a thousand on turning them into good high school runners. Um, but we don't know anything for certain. This is going to be the old podcast thing. So, hey, Jeff, Josh, like leave your complaints off the message board, write it on the back of a $50 bill and mail it to 520 East Main Street, Carmel, Indiana, 46032, care of Colin Altavote, and I'll handle it that way. Um, we don't know. We're not going to say anything for certain, but it sounds like Noblesville might be getting, it's not a top freshman, but might be getting a pretty big time difference maker that wasn't on the team this fall. Are we still... Guys, are we still thinking that's the case? Seems to be from what I'm hearing, but, uh, you know, anything's possible. Okay. Who knows? Well, I guess we'll find out. Okay. I, I think if that if that happens, then... You're still, you're still... Andy, you're still thinking that's probably the case. It could be the case. Could be the case. Could be the case. Okay. It It isn't out of the realm of possibility by any means, and if that happens, then I don't know if any team could be close to noblesville um just it would just be uh they would be clear out in front i mean it would be really tough so this we'll this see. would be this would be along the lines of what carmel boys and center group has got if this yes. happens okay. except this person is currently living in the state of indiana yes yes it's not an out-of-stater yeah. Uh, okay. Team to watch outside the top five, Taylor. Team to watch outside the top five, Franklin Central, the Flashes, right? Um, they're a team that hit, much like Valpo, just hit some really bad luck. They had some availability issues. 
Um, their top runner from the 2021 season just wasn't herself mostly due to injury. So, um, you know, this team, you know, she's back to where she could be. They have a legit front runner and, you know, they've, they've got everybody coming back, uh, from their top. I mean, basically 10, uh, 10 to 12, uh, plus whoever they might get their middle schools. I, you know, I, I go back to last year, their middle schools were doing some phenomenal things on both the boys and girls side. I think we talked about that on the podcast. So, um, Franklin central is a team to pay very close attention to. Um, including this track season will be a good indicator because I'm, I'm guessing they're a little bit hungry um, having, you know, maybe not lived up to what they thought they could do this spring. And, and again, that's out of, or this, sorry, this fall, and that's, you know, been out of their control. So uh, anyway, Franklin Central, that's my team to watch. See how they run at the Carmel Showcase. That'll be a good, good indicator. That'll be a good one. I'll be there. You're going to be there that day? I'll be there. Do you want to go out afterwards? Same restaurant? <laughs> Absolutely. You know. All right. Uh, Andy, team outside the top five. My team is the Zionsville Eagles. Um, they finished 10th this past fall at the state meet, and they have a lot of depth coming, a lot of uh, returners coming back from their uh, squad this past fall. And they are a team that had a, you know, a real strong pack this year, not necessarily a lot of uh, front running, but you know, some kind of steady improvement across the board, maybe, a you know, somebody else newcomer comes in to help as well. Um, and they could be right up in the mix, I think, to finish up on the podium. Counting stats, Noblesville has four in the top 25, could be five. North Central and Concordia are the only other teams with multiple runners in the top 25 and they each have two. And if we consider again, the top 150 to be highly competitive. Carroll has five. Concordia has five. Homestead has five. HSC has five. Zionsville has six. Noblesville has seven. And Carmel has 10. Um, and obviously that, you know, we don't uh, have the way to factor in the um, incoming incoming freshmen. So if if Carmel's um, looking looking for a shot, I think that, that probably helps. If things shake up a little bit more. Um, which obviously, you know, most of us on this podcast hope is the case. All time projections, Noblesville girls are tied for 15th all time with the 2021 Columbus North team that was pretty good. Um, that would be the best team in Noblesville history, which makes sense bringing all the girls back from last year, or many of them. Um, Nikki Sutherland projects as the number two individual all time, and that's just ahead of another Indiana legend and Anna Rohr. She projects six seconds ahead of where she finished this year, where she's fourth all time. So it's like, oh man, there's she's going to catch Anna Rohr. Well, she's only a few seconds back of that now. Addison Canabla projects as 12th all time. Next year, she's currently 16th. Anything else on that? Looks right to me. I mean, she finished close to Lily at the state meet and both Lily and, uh, Sophia Kennedy, a lot of those girls ran well kind of at the national um, stage this year. So, um, yeah, she's a great runner. I This is a totally separate podcast as we get into the last 10 minutes here. But, um, you know, Kennedy way up later in the season uh, had, you know, had a setback and, and stepped on the, the uh, ground weird on the root of the tree weird and, and didn't get to finish at Foot Locker. But clearly one of the best girls in the country toward the end of the season, Sutherland ahead of her all year. 
Cridge had a very, very good season. Um, this track season could be interesting yeah. on the girls' side. It's going to be loaded, uh, assuming everybody's available and ready to roll. Right, and, and then and then great events they choose, yeah. Right, and then and then the girl who basically had two of the events locked up for for two, three, four years is not in high school anymore, and that is going to open things up more. We'll we'll leave it at that. Way uh, uh, by the way, on that point, a few of these girls that you just named, many of them are in the same sectional, and then you throw one of them back in in the same regional. I mean that that well, get your ticket the the Ben Davis girls regional. You know, circle that on your calendar right now in mid mid May. I mean, that's that's oh, gonna, the, sorry, right. the track regional. I was like, the regionals are going to be different, but yeah, track regional. It's going to be yeah, it's going to be tough tough to make it through. No doubt. All right, uh, let's say we got seven minutes. Way too early, twenty twenty four. So twenty twenty three. That's the too early podcast. Now we're really getting in the Delorean. The way too early. That will be a girls' first year. Noblesville, number one again, 147 team rating. Carmel, 154 team rating. Carmel, shout out, better percentage chance to win than Noblesville, 29% to 27%. Those are all juniors and seniors. I'm guessing on either side, but especially on the girls, it's not going to be all juniors and seniors. It's going to be kids currently in seventh and eighth grade. They're going to factor into that, right? Yeah. But it's worth you know, 90 seconds to talk about. Um, on the boys' side, hope you like Carmel. I sure do. Carmel, number one again, 139 team rating. Noblesville, 180. Fishers, 188. Franklin Central, 189. Those three teams are close to each other. There's a, the farther out this goes, there's a much higher variance into the future. So, for instance, Carmel with a 40-point lead in team rating on the field, 41 points to be exact, only has a 25% chance to win. If a team had a 40-point lead halfway through the season, they would have a way higher than 25% chance to win. It's whatever algorithm here that um, that we've made up, that, that has been made up on, on INCC stats. Here's a fun fact for you. 10,000 simulations of the tournament. 56 boys teams won at least one of the 10,000 simulations. Incredible. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, right. I'm actually not saying there's a chance because I'm looking at this 139 and thinking of the boys that are going to be juniors or seniors on our team there. And our rating is going to be a lot better than 139. Jack Capes. Jack Capes. Jumping Jack Capes. Jumping Jack Capes. I don't know what he is on the thing, but it's too low. It's too Too low. low. Whatever it is. Underrated. Circle him. He can be first. Like, nope, too low. That's our boy. All right. Five minutes to go. Anything else? I, I got something if Andy doesn't. Go for it. All right. Here we go, Alto. This will get you excited. Uh, we mentioned this before we went live. More excited than the Pacers up by 30-some at halftime Son in of Boston. A, that's, what, that's what Pacers 71, Celtics 43 at the half. How about that? You want to talk about variance. Yeah, right. Who would have seen this coming? I don't know. I'm going to the game on New Year's Eve, by the way. So if you're going to be uh, – at uh Gamebridge or Bankers Wait, you're going? Arena. Who are you going, going with? Square Arena. I'm going with my family. Oh, all right. Yeah, you want you want to go? We could, we could try to get you an extra ticket somewhere. Uh I don't know. We might Kathleen, are we thinking about going? New Year's Eve Pacers game. I just realized I have headphones in and she can't hear me. She looked at me and was like, What? What are you talking about? Is it three? 
Yeah, we might go. Her parents could watch the kids for a little bit. Caroline, you'll be on the podcast? Hey, I know we talked about 2024, but in 2025, Caroline Altavote might be out there racing. Uh, well, she's born in... No, she would be three. She'd yeah. be the same, the same age your brother is now. Pretty sure I've seen Solomon run around at practice. So her, yeah, one of my it's uh it's winter break. We're on miscellaneous minute here, and uh, one of my roommates. It's the third day of winter break, right? I mean, you get Saturday Sunday off anyway, so that doesn't count. Sure. I think that one of my roommates has called me a silly goose four hundred and fifty times already. Winter break. <laughs> you know, we don't have to get into Kathleen's nicknames for you. <laughs> No, it's not. Uh, all right. What do you, what do you guys what do you guys got planned for uh, the snowmageddon here? What do you got, Andy? I'm gonna be tr- I'm gonna be trying to get some runs in. I always run more when we're on break, so I'm gonna be putting on the face mask and the gear and going out there. Oh man! You are looking for a grass loop that's been freshly mowed. I can uh, point you in the direction of a place. Oh, wow! It's got the short grass and the tall grass. It's got, hey, it's got short grass, man. He's gonna be out there mowing. I promise you that. <laughs> that grass loop is not long for this world. I can tell you that. No, it is not. Uh, good for you, man. Yeah, if you're going outside, everybody, bundle up. It's gonna be incredibly cold. Um, I'm gonna hunker down in the house and uh, get ready for the holiday and um you know just hang out with my roommate i guess there you go she's gonna call you a silly goose 450 times in three days well if she does i'll tell you (laughs) (laughs) all right cool guys well thanks for coming on and uh if you didn't know now you know all right bye everybody Go, go hounds all right see you next year